0: not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: This is Dr. Dan. Every once in a while, it is useful for me to provide you with thoughts of others, thoughts of people who write articles on various websites and, and other commentary uh, that is useful for you to consider because they prevent I- present ideas that uh, you would like to consider and think about. This article is called The Economy Does Not Care Who Won the Midterm Elections, written by Brandon Smith and his website, is Market. that's alt-market.com. It was written on Wednesday, the 7th of November, the day after the midterm elections. And this is what he wrote, and I think his thoughts are very important, and we should consider them. Over the past few weeks, I received numerous requests from readers to publish my predictions on the outcome of the midterm elections, but I did not do so for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I view the election process very differently from many people. I do not see it as legitimate in the slightest. Therefore, my predictions of the past have been based not on voter turnouts, polls, or any other such nonsense. Elections are molded events framed under the false pretense that the left-right paradigm in politics is real. As far as the upper echelons of politics are concerned, the paradigm is completely theatrical. To be sure, the average American does lean either left or right on the political spectrum. Such divisions are a natural part of social discourse. However, political theater is designed in most cases to drive citizens away from centrally shared principles of freedom and equal opportunity, not equal outcomes and push them to the far ends of the spectrum toward extremism and zealotry. And to be clear, there is no good form of zealotry. Zealots are not self-aware, and they never subject their own positions to scrutiny. They operate on pure assumption that they are divinely correct in everything they do, and anyone who disagrees with them, even in the slightest, is an enemy that must be destroyed by any means necessary. Zealotry is the root of human atrocity. Zealots are a tidal wave of war and genocide. They are a cancer on the soul of mankind. Certain groups of people within the, establish- in the establishment, namely globalists, that desire total centralized control of every aspect of economy and society, prefer that the public remain as radicalized and divided as possible. For them, zealotry is an asset. To pursue this goal, they purchase allegiance from politicians through various means, including financial favors, media favors, and campaign contributions. There are very few people left in politics that are not part of the club, both Democrat and Republican leaders are essentially on the same side, the globalist side. They attack each other with rhetoric, but when it comes down to actual policy and action, they are all very similar. The outcome of elections is therefore erroneous in the long term. Their only purpose is to manipulate public psychology to a certain reactionary end game. When I predicted the election of Donald Trump in 2016, many months before voting commenced, I did so based on which election outcome better served the interests of globalists. I concluded with the highest certainty that Donald Trump would win based on the same premise that drove me to predict the success of the Brexit vote in the UK. That premise being that the globalists would allow populists namely conservatives, to gain an illusory foothold on political power only to then collapse the global economy on their heads and blame them for the disaster. At the time, it was unclear whether Trump would play along with globalist narrative of conservatives as selfish, bumbling villains. Today, with his consistent relationships with banking elites and globalist think tank members, it is obvious that Trump intends to play the role he has been given. Trump's policies, actions, over the past two years indicate that he is following a model very similar to the one Republican President Herbert Hoover used just before the crash of 1929. Trump was a perfect choice for the globalists. So the questions I had to ask, in terms of the midterm election, is what outcome best serves globalist interests at this time? The only conclusion I could come to in this instance was it didn't matter who wins the midterms. The globalists will get their economic crash regardless, and conservatives will still be blamed. The ultimate outcome turned out to be mixed, with Democrats taking the House and Republicans holding the Senate. The assertion in the the midstream being that this will result in political gridlock. In terms of stock markets, the reaction is not surprisingly euphoric, as it has been not long after almost every election event. But there are many that assume this is a euphoria that will last This is a narrow view of the situation that ignores economic reality. It is possible that equities will sustain a jump on the news of a Republican win, but I see this as a very limited event, lasting perhaps one or two weeks. In the long run, as December approaches, stocks and every other section of the economy will continue accelerated declines, Seen in October. This is Dr. Dan, and as I said, I am giving you the opinion of Brandon Smith, who wrote The Economy Does Not Care Who Won the Midterm Elections, in his website alt market.com. Here are the facts new home sales, an indicator highly valued by mainstream economists, has been in decline for the past year, hitting two-year lows in September. This has come as a surprise to many mainstream analysts because the story thus far has been that the U.S. is in an advanced recovery, which should continue the supposed rejuvenation of the housing market. Alternative economists will give you the real story on home sales. The housing boom hailed in the mainstream over the past few years was a farce, driven mainly by corporate BMOs like Blackstone. Companies buying up distressed properties across the U.S. using cheap loans and bailouts through the Federal Reserve and turning them into rentals hardly constitutes a recovery in housing. Regular homebuyers have also enjoyed artificially low mortgage rates for many years, But now mortgage costs are spiking as the Fed raises interest rates and corporate debt is becoming more expensive, making it less profitable for companies to continue vacuuming up properties. Add to this the fact that the Fed is now dumping mortgage-backed securities from its balance sheet. These are the same securities that constituted a toxic influence that led to the mortgage and derivatives bubble. It is hard to say exactly what the effects will be as they add to existing arm-style mortgages and derivatives already on the market but I suspect the result will be destabilizing. Auto sales another fundamental indicator used in the mainstream as a signal of economic health is also failing recently. The US auto sales plunged in September from 11% to 25%, depending on the company and make of vehicle. While the mainstream media argues this massive year-over-year year decline was due to destructive hurricanes in 2017, creating overt demand, the truth is that the average monthly payment on new vehicles has rocketed to over $525 and in interest rates Rise due to the Federal Reserve. Car sales, new and used, have thrived in recent years in most part because of artificially low rates and arm-like loans to people who cannot afford them. Much like the mortgage bubble in 2008, the auto bubble is set to implode as car payments become too expensive for the average buyer and defaults increase. The U.S. budget deficit climbed to six-year highs under Donald Trump's watch in 2018 as fiscal spending skyrockets. Conservatives, hoping for budget responsibility and reduced government spending, are given a rude awakening once again, as Republicans and Democrats and Trump all seek bigger government. This is hardly gridlock. In fact, there has been resounding unity in Washington for ever-increasing power and ever-increasing costs. The trade deficit, which was supposed to decline aggressively in the face of Trump's trade war, has actually climbed to record highs with China, among other nations. I have heard claims that the outcome of the midterms will force Trump to end the trade war because he is no longer receiving backing from the Federal Reserve or Congress the trade war will not stop. It provides perfect cover for central banks as they continue to remove artificial support for the overall economy. Perhaps the biggest factor in economic decline in the U.S. will be corporate debt, as mentioned earlier. Corporate debt has jumped to record highs not since 2008 with debt-to-cash levels in 2017 hitting lows of 12%, meaning on average for every $1 of cash a company has in reserve, it owes $8 in debt. How is all this debt being generated? It's all about stock buybacks. In 2018, U.S. corporations increased spending by stock buybacks by 48%, while only increasing spending on development by 19%, meaning corporations are spending far more capital and borrowing far more money just to keep their stock prices artificially propped up than they are spending money to invest in future growth. For almost a decade, stock markets have been dependent on two pillars, near-zero interest rates and asset purchases by the Fed. Stock buybacks are reliant on low rates and the corporate ability to borrow essentially free money, which they then cycle into equities to buy up shares, reducing the amount of existing shares on the market and thereby increasing the value of the remaining shares through a form of legal manipulation. But as the Fed raises rates and stops acting as the buyer of last resort, Corporate borrowing becomes more expensive, and buybacks will decline. In fact, the last half of 2018 shows a marked drop in announced buybacks as the apparent peak in July fades. As December approaches, the Fed is set to match interest rates with their official inflation rate, or the neutral rate. And this is something that has not been done for decades. Once again, I'm reading you an article written by Brandon Smith in his on his website, alt-market.com. The title is, The Economy Does Not Care Who Won the Midterm Elections. These are his opinions, and they're worth considering. I believe stock buybacks will falter at this time as the cost of the exorbitant debt needed to continue propping up stocks will become too high. In 2016, globalists needed a conservative president to sit in the Oval Office as the Federal Reserve pulled the plug on artificial economic life support by raising interest rates into the greatest corporate debt crisis since 2008. At this point... That program seems to be in full swing. Now we're going to get to the conclusion of this article, The Economy Does Not Care Who Won the Midterm Elections, by Brandon Smith on his website, altmarket.com. The midterms are now over, but it is important to understand that where economic consequences are concerned, the result would have been the same no matter who came out on top. It makes sense for the globalists to desire a dominant Republican Party, for when they crash markets, the blame will fall entirely on the heads of conservatives. On the other hand, it also makes sense for globalists to introduce a democratic takeover of Congress, for they can continue to push citizens to further political extremes as the left blames the right for the financial crisis, while the right blames the left for political interference. In the meantime, the banking elites can simply blame the extreme political divide, wait until the crash runs its course, and then sweep in after the dust settles to admonish the capitalist structure, barbaric nationalism, populism, etc. They will shake their fingers at all of us as if we should be ashamed and then offer their own solution to the disaster, which will surely include even more centralization and more power for the, the banking class. The Fed will continue to raise rates and cut assets, The trade war will escalate, the housing market will continue to falter, auto markets will implode, and corporate debt will become a millstone on the neck of stock markets. Economic function and repair are far beyond the scope of any political body to fix when the dysfunction reaches the point we are at today. To believe otherwise is foolhardy. To believe that the political elites actually want to fix the economy is even more foolhardy. The answer is not replacing one set of political puppets with another set of political puppets, but for regular people to begin localizing their own production and trade, to decouple from dependency on the existing system and start their own system. Only through this and the removal of the globalist tumor from its position of power and influence. Will anything ever change for the better? I've read you a very important article by Brandon Smith, The Economy Does Not Care Who Won the Midterm Elections, on his website, alt-market.com. What he's talking about is what we have talked about many times over the past years here on Freedom Forum Radio. This is a battle that we are engaged in between individualism and collectivism. The collectivists are waging a hundred-year war against the individual. It started in the 1800s in this country, and it has continued. It is the consolidation of power on a worldwide basis is what they desire. The risk for all of us is loss of our individual freedom. George Orwell's novel, 1984, was the predicting, the predictor of what we are going through now. Reread that book, and you will see that everything he talked about is coming to fruition today because now we have the electronic means In order to centralize a message, the message is repeated over and over and over again to each of us. It is time for each of you to understand that without individual freedom, you really pay the price. Collectivism is the theft of your soul, the theft of individual freedom. This is Dr. Dan. I get joy in everything. 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 Everything gonna be all right this morning.